0: your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Listen to the outro if you want to know how to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Y.O. Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where I ask people to tell me the juiciest details of their sex life in an effort to learn more about communicating with other people, to practice talking about sex and to just gain some sexy inspiration so that we can all better laid live lives. Our guest today is a 22-year-old straight-ish sex-loving cis female who is married to a man that she has been with for over six years. She's into bondage, power play, role play, anal, all the sexy things. A creative from the Pacific Northwest. Welcome, Cece. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Can you start off Yay. by telling us if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer right now with 1 being shameless and 10 being super full of shame, where do you fall today?
1: Honestly, I think I'm like a solid 5. Okay. Like perfectly in the middle. Yeah, solid 5. To my close like best friends and stuff, I'm like I don't care, I'll say whatever and like obviously my husband and everything. But as a general like person of society, I would say I'm like normal. I don't like overshare, but I'm also not, you know, going to be like awkward if you ask me questions like I'll share if it wants to be shared type of thing. Awesome. What is your sex life like right now? Right now, obviously, I'm married and I only have one partner. Our sex life is like the perfect it's ever been. (gasps) We have like dialed it in. Yeah, we've dialed it in. It's like always changing and always improving and just progressing in so many different aspects. I also feel like we've tried and like been interested in so many different things that there's so many different things to work on.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah, right now, just the one partner, it'll stay like that. I'm not really interested in like having more long term partners. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely the best it's ever been. Awesome. How often
0: are you having sex both with a partner and with yourself?
1: Okay, let me think. Ish, ballpark. So, like, yeah, like, actual, like, sex with my husband. Probably, like, anywhere between three to five plus times a week. It really depends. Okay. Um, and I think that's something we've learned, too. Like, there's times where it's, like, every day, and multiple times a day, like, whatever. And then there's other times where we're so busy, we just maybe, like, once or twice a week. Okay and then yeah with myself whenever he's not home <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know maybe a couple times a week
0: okay and do you talk yeah. about when you're going to have sex ahead of time or do you just feel into it
1: most of the time we just feel into it okay a planned like if we're going on a trip knowing like yeah like it's going to happen like that's probably the most planning that we put into it that makes sense um but we don't typically do a whole lot of planning because I like the spontaneity of it. And if it feels planned, like, it just won't feel authentic to me. It, like, messes with my, like, mental state. And I'm going to be like, no, we don't even want to do this. We're only doing it because we have to type of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: When do you first remember hearing about sex? And how did your young brain make sense of it?
1: I remember first hearing about it around the time that my younger sibling was born. And I was around, like, six. So maybe six or seven. And I think the first time I actually got exposed to it, like, visually, and I and I really processed it in my head, was my mom had a pregnancy book.
2: Uh-huh.
1: It explains, like, you know, like, everything you're going to go through in pregnancy. And in there, there's, like, how to have sex when you're pregnant. And I thought it was, like, the most interesting thing. And I had to have been around, yeah, like, six or seven. Yeah. And I remember where that, I can see it in my head, where that book used to sit on this bookshelf and like when nobody was home or like, or like whenever I had a chance yeah. alone in the room, mm-hmm. I would like run up to it and open it and like, look at the, like, cause there's like illustrations of it. okay, And I just thought it was like, so interesting to see it visually and really process like, okay, like I can feel something like, this is really interesting and I can tell that I'm not supposed to be doing it. yeah, And That was the first time that I can really, yeah, when I first was exposed to it.
0: How did your family talk about sex as you were growing up?
1: It was always a positive thing. So my family, not that it, I mean, it kind of does have something to do with it, was not religious. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of like, go with the flow. Like my mom really kind of created a safe environment Mm -hmm. for everybody. There was definitely no shame. It was like, it's normal. This is how your body is. My mom was also in the medical field for a long time. So she would always kind of explain like the technicalities and be like, so this is kind of what happened. Here's some pamphlets so that I could process it in my own time. That's nice. And I remember the pamphlets having like illustrations of like a man's body and a woman's body and like the comparisons and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was definitely very open, educational, technical, like, medical type of side of things.
0: Did you get a sex talk?
1: <laughs> um, I can't remember a sex talk specifically, like, where it was, like, here's what you have to be careful of. It was always just kind of, like, general, like, pamphlets and whatever and okay. getting, like, a girl's book. And then I, I honestly, the only time that I can remember actually having a conversation about me having sex With my parents was after I had already started having sex with my now husband, and we've been together for so long. So I was like sixteen or seventeen at the time. Mm -hmm. And my dad had found out that I was like having sex. And of course, you know, it's like the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to your daughter. And I remember the day he came in and I was like supposed to go, it was summertime, and I was supposed to go to like some pool with my then boyfriend at the time and I was already in my bikini and I was like laying on my bed like texting like waiting for him to pick me up or whatever it was and my dad like barged in and was like I can't believe you're doing this and was like freaking out and my mom was like it's okay it's normal and my mom was like so calm and like chill about it of course I think it was just the shock of like oh my god I can't believe this is happening I just remember it being like Like, I don't know what the big deal is. Like, it was never a big deal with my mom. Okay. But for my dad, it was... And I'm the oldest, too. Okay. And so, of course, being the oldest and being a girl, it was like, yeah, the end of the world. But that was the only time I ever remember having a direct... That was the first direct conversation that I had with either of my parents about me engaging in anything sexual.
0: How did it feel to be a teenager and have your dad be like, wow, you're having sex? Like, I think I would have (laughs) died. I didn't
1: have that until I was like, 19. My dad and I used to be very, very close. So mm-hmm. I was like, like very surprised. And like he would never, you know, burst out on me like that. Yeah. It was it I felt very vulnerable. Yeah. And also physically, because I was literally in a bikini, like laying on my bed. Oh my god, good like point. Waiting yeah. to be picked up. And so I was already physically vulnerable. And so then he walked in and started like making these accusations. And then I felt emotionally vulnerable as well. Yeah. And yeah, it was very and honestly looking back, one of my biggest worries was like, Am I still gonna be able to go swimming today or is this not happening? <laughs> I wasn't even really that concerned because I knew in the long term like he's gonna be mad for two seconds and mm-hmm. then it's gonna be fine. But I literally was like, So am I not allowed to go today? Or like what's going on? And were you? I that's all I remember. I think we did end up going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely interesting. And I remember one of the things he said to me, which completely invalidated everything. He started saying that it was illegal. And you're like, you're not allowed to do this. Like, mm. you like, legally, I think, because technically, I was 17. okay. So I don't know if he was thinking, like, like, you're not allowed to, like, make those decisions. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure what he was thinking. But yeah, I remember him saying, like, this is illegal. Like, you could go to jail. And I was like, no, like, No, I mean, I'm not 40 and he's not like, you know, 13. Like, this just not like, yeah. So that was interesting. Wow.
0: What do you remember about sex ed in
1: school? Minimal to none. I remember, you know, fifth grade getting like the, here's how you use a pad talk. Mm -hmm. But we never got the, here's how you safely like engage in these activities. I did, however, end up taking—I can't remember what it was called—but it was like a sexual health class in mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I took it together back when we were in school. That's awesome! It was genuinely the best thing. I would recommend that to everybody. Yeah, like, no matter your age, because everything that we were learning—and back then we were probably like 16, maybe 17. And so we hadn't done like a whole lot and we didn't really know anything about like the BDSM community. We obviously knew that it existed, but we didn't know the intricacies.
0: I did not know that it existed when I was 17. I had no idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We knew, but, you know, like it's not like we were actively like engaging in the community or anything.
0: I had seen like a dominatrix character in the movie Eurotrip, but like that was like my only frame of reference. I had no idea like what it meant
1: what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. And, and everything that we were learning, we were able to experience together, which obviously long-term ended up being really beneficial. So yeah, there was that class that we took in college, but that was by choice. Nobody made us take those classes. Although I think that that exact class should be mandatory yes, because not only did we learn about the actual, you know, the safe, sex side of things but we also learned about like I said the BDSM community and various different things and I think it we were already open-minded people yeah. but I think it really made us realize like okay cool like some people are into this and some people aren't and that's perfectly fine cuz if it doesn't affect you just let it be and yeah it was really great I definitely recommend anything like that and it was just like a community college course like it wasn't like it was like a big yeah it was great oh.
0: What, if anything, did you ever
1: learn about consent growing up? Consent was not a topic. Okay. I can't remember any kind of conversation specifically talking about consent sexually. I was always taught growing up, nobody can make you do anything you don't want to do. You never have to do anything you don't want as like a life Mm rule. And so I think that my mom also kind of tried to tie that into like, Try to really get it in my brain, like you don't have to do it if you don't want to, without maybe saying it explicitly. But yeah, actual consent, like it nobody can XYZ without you saying yes. That was not a conversation, yeah. Jumping
0: back for one quick second, how were you aware of BDSM already before you officially learned about it?
1: Honestly, I don't know. Okay. I, yeah, I looking back. I think it was just something we had discovered together, mm. and like slightly suggested here and there. But yeah, I can't remember a time where like I was exposed to it or anything. Okay, um, which is actually really interesting. I'll have to talk to him because now I am curious, like where that actually came from. Yeah, there. The
0: more that I yeah. talk to people, the more I am like, oh yeah, there is a lot of stuff I don't specifically actually remember now. Like yeah. some of it's just kind of like vague and blank, but you are like knew you knew something at a time yeah yeah when did you start
1: touching yourself and how so I didn't actually start consciously touching myself until around age like 15 Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when I had started dating my husband and he had suggested like have you ever like done this have you ever and at that point I I'd never even yeah consciously touched myself and he's like well have you ever like put anything inside? And I'm like, Oh God, like what? Like, no. And he's like, yeah, like just like fingers or like whatever. And so that was around the first time I actually consciously did it. Mm. But what I didn't realize was that I had been unconsciously, I guess, technically masturbating ever since I was like little, but it was just not consciously like touching myself.
0: Like how? were you like rubbing up like, against stuff? or
1: Yeah, like I would lay on my stomach, like face down in bed with like a pillow. And yeah, that's how I would do it. But I wouldn't consciously, like, I didn't realize what was going on. You know? Yeah, of course. But yeah.
0: Do you remember if the unconscious touching, would it lead to orgasm? Or was it more just like a thing you did that felt good?
1: It did lead to orgasm. And I just didn't realize it. Like that's I awesome. would go to a certain point mm-hmm. and then feel that like euphoric state of mind and then be like, cool, I'm done and not even realize it. Awesome. I know. And I didn't even really think about that until I was looking through the questions and I was like, wow, I didn't even realize what I was doing at the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I didn't even realize. Yeah.
0: I have a lot of the the more I talk to people, the more I hear people are like, oh, yeah, I didn't really think of this as sexual. It was just kind of like exploration. But looking back on it, like I would define it as an adult as sexual. And how does your early method of touching yourself compare to how you touch yourself now?
1: I was still sharing a room with my little brother who was uh, six years younger than me. Yeah. So it was challenging because I was like, you know, 15 ish and wanting to like explore that realm, but didn't have the privacy yeah. to really like do so. It was always a quick, you know, like whatever or a lot of like Skype calling with my boyfriend and like taking that little chunk of time that we might have for privacy yeah. and like mutually doing it ooh mhm and then now it's evolved into like i really you know do it when i have like alone time and i usually like make it like an event if that makes sense <laughs> like i like will try to make it last as long as i possibly can mm. For the end. Because that's just like the time, it, whatever the time allows. But now it's like a conscious effort to that build up.
0: Okay. And yeah. can you tell us specifically how your parts enjoy being touched? Like where does it feel good sensitive? Or is it too sensitive? Are your fingers inside, outside? What motions, et cetera?
1: Yeah, totally. Mo- fingers inside is not like I don't have a great time with that. It's okay. usually just like clitoral stimulation, almost purely clitoral stimulation. Um, and now I'm able, for the longest time, I was not able to actually finish on my back. Like, because I had trained myself for so long to finish on my stomach, it was impossible. I'm the and opposite. So time, I'm the opposite. Really? Yeah. I, over time, I was like, I gotta train this out of myself. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. so now I'm able to, yeah, like be on my back. Mm-hmm. And I usually just um, clitoral stimulation, either with a vibrator or fingers,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but
1: that's the only thing that can really like okay. do it.
0: And is it like a couple fingers or your whole
1: hand? Like what, what are you? Three it's fingers? usually like, a... like two and like sideways. Okay. Got it. Got it. like, got this. It. like not, not really like that, but like maybe an angle. Oh, cool. Kind okay. of like following my curve of my hip. That's awesome. Like if you follow your curve. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And so it's more like back and forth, not up and down. If I'm saying, yeah, kind of like back and forth between the hips versus up and down between like crack and belly button. Okay. Cool. Okay. (laughs) When did you start touching other people? It sounds like your partner is, is
1: he the only person you've touched? I started touching other people, yeah, around the time I started dating my husband. So I was around like 15. Okay. And I have touched other people, not nearly as extensive. Mm -hmm. As him we a couple years ago had a space of time where he was working like two full-time jobs Mm. and I was working at like target for like 12 hours a week and I was like so bored out of my mind when he wasn't home yeah and it created a huge divide between us and we ended up having like an open relationship for a while
2: okay
1: and Mostly because now I look back and I'm, like, mostly because, like, I was bored and I didn't have anything to do and I just, like, wasn't getting the attention that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so during that span of time, I saw one person more regularly and, like, one, one other person once. And so, yeah, so that's when I, like, touched other people. I'm so curious, like, how that was for you. So, so... Yeah, it depends on how much detail you want to go into right oh, now. Oh, yeah, right.
0: I'm not in the detail section. Okay, you're right. We'll, yeah, because we'll, we can totally
1: come back to that because it is an important part. See, I forget my own. No, totally. That's what totally.
0: happens. Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> is there
0: anything specific that you need in order to be able to come?
1: Basically, just the clitoral stimulation. Nipples are also important. That helps me. Like, if I'm really close and I just can't get over that, like, hump, <laughs> then, yeah, that's usually what helps. Yeah, aside from, like, just the stimulation, I have to be in, like, perfect, comfortable, like, comfortable temperature. Like, my legs can't be too far out or my hips will hurt. Like, it can't be too bright. It can't be too loud. Like, you know, all of Mm -hmm. these perfect, like, has to be, you know, the stars align, which I've gotten better with over time. Like, we really worked on that. And God wanting me to. (laughs) Apparently, that's what it takes.
0: How do you talk about sex with partners ahead of time besides taking a class with them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you mean like directly ahead of time, like if we know we're going to have sex
0: or yeah, just in I, either Bible? in both? I think like when you're those people that you saw, like when you're talking to them, did you did you bring yeah. it up? Did they bring it up? Did you wait till the moment before? I think it just kind of depends on whatever's true for you.
1: Yeah, it kind of depends um, with my husband. Directly before, there's not a whole lot of like planning or anything Mm -hmm. unless we're trying something specific. Mm -hmm. I would say that we're almost always planning our sex because, aside from you know, details of it, but we're almost always planning it in the sense of we're always telling each other what we like, what we didn't like. Like, we always like review it afterwards, (sighs) so we always know like what to work on or what not to, but in the sense of like planning it, you know, like detail for detail, we're not really like into that with other partners minimal planning mostly planning in the sense of like like are you clean like you know like am I gonna have to worry about anything like that not that it wouldn't matter either way because well it does matter because and obviously always protection regardless but just mainly that conversation which that was my next question so do you usually initiate those
0: health and safety conversations or have the people that you've seen volunteered them at all?
1: It's hard to do questions like that because I'm thinking like my husband and I just always knew, you yeah. know, like yeah. sexual health and stuff. But other people, unless they say it first, I'm always, I will never engage in anything unless it's been talked about. Fuck yeah. Because for me, it's not worth it if something goes awry, you know, and yeah. I want to make sure, like, that they understand how I view it. Like, yes, this is really great, but you also are an adult and you need to, you know, really plan things and,
0: you know. Have you ever personally had any experience with STIs?
1: I personally have been fortunate enough to not have been self. But, yeah, I think a lot of that does come, too, from, like, being so careful about it and asking people, like, straight up, like, and I know maybe it's uncomfortable and you might seem like, I don't want to be mean. But like at the end of the day, it's like, you've got to just do it. Yeah, it's
0: not mean. It's just I think it's actually nice because it's safety consciousness, personally. Totally.
1: But I know some people are like, I don't want to ruin the mood and like ask about it or whatever. I'm like, I don't
0: You got to just do it. <laughs> my my personal philosophy is like, if that is the deal breaker, then you are not attracted to me enough for me to want to yeah. fuck you. <laughs> like, totally. It's just like, totally. like, if that really kills it for you, then goodbye. <laughs> like yeah because um, um, yeah. it's keeping like if if keeping me safe is a turn off, you know i don't know yeah then, then i'm not gonna yeah yeah totally.
1: are you into sexting currently not a whole lot okay i mostly like send my husband pictures kind of like more jokingly like to like mess with him
0: like when he's at work or how does it mess with him
1: like if he's like on a work so he works from home like he has a marketing business that he runs Mm -hmm. so we're home we're literally together like 24 7 so there's not really a need or want for sexting that makes sense um but if he's like on a call or like busy working or on an errand or something but yeah currently not a whole lot of sexting but let me tell you when we were first dating and not living together and Mm -hmm. like teenagers and stuff like that it was literally 24-7, like, all the time, all of the details, all of the pictures, like, all the time. Yeah.
0: Amazing.
1: Do you watch porn? Yes. However, that has changed a lot in the last, since the new year. So, like, the last, like, month or so. I used to watch a lot more porn. Actually, like, online. Yeah. Now I've transitioned to watching our porn. Like yes,
0: ourselves. That's so hot. <laughs> oh, I'm
1: so happy to hear that. And it's really, it's so much more enjoyable just for me. And like, and I gain a lot more like pleasure mm-hmm. out of it because it's like I'm able to watch like my husband actually fucking instead of like whatever. So that's huge so change cool. though, because yeah, like I used to watch it all the time. What um, brought about like that um, shift? Was it like a conscious choice? Not really. I just found myself wanting to watch it instead. And we had recently done, we had like created this video and whatever. And it wasn't like it was like set up all like elaborate or anything. It was kind of just us like doing our thing. Perfect. My husband has always watched us and like videos of me or pictures of me and whatever. And I always thought it was interesting. And I almost like, not going to lie, I kind of didn't believe him. I'm like, I don't believe that you don't watch porn. And now that I do it myself and I watch us, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get this. Like, I haven't watched porn in like two months. Wow.
0: Okay, when you were watching porn, what did you watch and how do you think it's influenced your sex life?
1: I used to watch a lot. I would say like probably all of the porn I watched was like anal of Mm. some sort
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and Mm. mostly like intense like hardcore like multiple people and stuff like that i've always wanted something that had a lot of elements and i think it has influenced my sex life because it makes me realize like oh like that's something new to try and like made me a lot more interested in anal and just kind of like that play as a as a whole what about sex toys so we have like a whole collection and we have like a lot of different, like, yeah, different things, but we don't necessarily use them all the time. Mm-hmm. I would say the most used ones are probably like we have a ball gag and one of those. Okay. one of those systems where you like set it up underneath your mattress and it's like the straps come out the yes. sides. We use those and the actual cuffs on those are removable. So we sometimes just like take those off and just use those. But yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of different stuff, but it's just used at different times.
0: Can you give us a brief overview of your kinky self? How did you discover her? What just list some of the things she likes?
1: Um, okay, so we're super into like power play, so usually I'm pretty submissive, but I'm like definitely bratty. Okay, like I like to like mess around and be like make him like work for it you know mm, okay. and a lot of like i don't know how to describe it aside from like aggression like i like to like make him mad and one of the first things that i was introduced to was like choking which i feel like is pretty like common super into that yeah i would say that's probably like the bulk of it is we just do a lot of like dom sub play and stuff like that
0: um, do you feel like anal falls into the category of kink for you
1: Yes and no. I feel like anal in itself, pretty more common and not necessarily a king. But when you get into like actual, instead of just, you know, maybe like penetration or something like that, like really spending time like playing down there, I would say that that's probably a little more of a king for me. Are you into group sex? Yeah. So we've actually only, I've only ever had like technically one encounter previously Mm -hmm. but yeah super into it and I'm like maybe one day when COVID's not around then we can actually like see what happens with that but um and I think also my husband being so into it has also made me into it because he's like super into it so I'm like okay like yeah I'm totally down for that and I don't really have like a preference for like male or female or whatever I'm like both
0: sides like is your husband also of the same mind
1: Yeah. Okay. Him being a male, of course, he's like, I would love to have another girl. And he always jokes like, I wish I could just make a copy of you exactly and just have two of you. Yeah. But yeah, he's also super open to like having another guy and whatever. That's awesome.
0: What about sex parties, sex clubs, things like that? Would you be into it?
1: No. No. Well, I've never been. However, yes, I would be into something like that. It would definitely depend on the... Demographic, I guess. The vibe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can you just give us like a little like fantasy version of what I would like it if it was like this?
1: I would like it if it was kind of like I've heard of situations where it's kind of like a large building and different rooms for different things so that you can kind of like choose whether or not to partake. Yeah. And it's not just, which I've also heard of just one large room where like everything's happening all at once. I think that would be a little too anxiety triggering for me yeah if yeah if it was just like you know like a safe space that didn't feel I think what scares me about situations like that is almost feeling like I'm being looked okay this is gonna sound weird but like I like I'm being looked at like pervy you know what I mean like I don't want to feel like I have to do things because I'm in that situation and like people are gonna like expect it or like anything like that that makes sense
0: and honestly Mm -hmm. at the couple of sex parties i've been to i've been more like oh should i am i allowed to are we gonna start this are you gonna who's gonna touch (laughs) nobody's touching is anyone gonna touch yeah Yeah. you know and so so i always like want a vibe where there are kind of there's like a clear permission structure so that people feel like they don't have that awkwardness about like what can happen now do you have sex dreams i do
1: do you come in and like Yes, and I feel very fortunate for that. That's not gonna so lie. cool. <laughs> yeah, I've had probably like a handful ever, but yes, I do finish in them. And I do believe that I'm coming in in real life. That's so cool. Um, because I'll always wake up and be like, oh God, like what, did, what just happened? But I can never remember the intricacies or like yeah. the details of the dream. Yeah, But you can definitely feel like, I can feel my body recovering from it. So that's how I know, like, yes, I did. That.
0: So cool. Can you remember if your is your husband a part of
1: them? I can't really remember. Yeah. And sometimes I don't even have a sex dream, yeah. like the actual visual dream of it. But I have it. I don't know if maybe I'm like accidentally stimulating myself in my sleep. Cool. Like maybe if I'm like too close to my pillow because I have like this big body pillow. <laughs> So I don't know if maybe I'm like just a little too close to my pillow.
0: Okay. The idea yeah, but... of accidental dream orgasms is just fantastic. Like what a, <laughs> what a happy accident. <laughs> I know. What's your sexual fantasy life like?
1: I think that my most prominent fantasy is multiple people and like group play and stuff like that. Because it's something that I kind of got a taste of a few years ago but didn't get to fully immerse myself in it. Hmm. Um, And it's definitely something that we talk about on a regular basis. And I know we both really want to, but you know, just circumstances and that hasn't happened. And it also takes the right person, you know, like you don't want to just invite anybody into something like that. Huge fantasy for me is BP. I would love to have, I would love to have that, but yeah, it just takes, the, the perfect circumstances you know yeah so a couple years ago I think it was like my husband's 18th birthday or something and obviously we weren't married back then but his family had gone out of town for the whole week of his birthday so I was there pretty much the entire week just like spending the night and like partying or whatever and we had had like a bunch of people over just throughout the course of the week and he had his friend over his like best friend over and his best friend's girlfriend who we had never met so i'd never met this girl before and i had known the guy because i'd gone to school with him for like years and years but we had been like drinking and like she had brought a bunch of edibles over and so we were all like gone like gone gone and before it was before it got really bad and we were all like comfortably intoxicated we started playing Strip Jenga, which was interesting. <gasps> yeah, um, <laughs> I want to play Strip and Jenga. Why have I not it played was, this? <laughs> it was very interesting. And I think that we were all kind of teetering on that level of like being so intoxicated that you don't care and being like not quite enough. Mm. And so as we we're playing the game and we're like keep playing and stuff. And I remember at some point. I'm pretty sure her and I were only in our underwear. And I think the guys were naked. And we started giving them each massages on the floor. Like, they were just laying on the floor. And we were like, no, we were cracking each other's backs. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which sounds so weird. But, like, have you ever, okay, have you ever had anybody, like, like, sit on your back and, like, crack it like oh, abruptly? Oh,
0: so good, especially if you have the full body high going <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so I, I'm not sure like what led us to that, and I was like, I can crack everybody's back, but, like just you wait. And so yeah, so it turned into that, and I'm pretty sure. Okay, apparently I was the one that was like, guys, let's go to the bedroom. It's going to be super fun, and like kind kind of trying to get everybody to like like loosen up a little bit. Yeah, and I did make sure to have that conversation prior. Like, if anything happens, we're all clean, right? And I, I remember I remember asking multiple times because I wanted to make sure like. Even though we're all intoxicated, like I want to make sure that you guys understand. Like, I'm not gonna make you do anything, first of all. And second of all, like I'm clean, so if you're clean, like we're all good. So we eventually like get upstairs and it initially had started as us having sex separate. So I was having sex with my boyfriend and it was all separate. And then eventually, of course, me being me, I like made the move to like fall on the ground and like engage with them. And it was all just very intoxicated. And it was fun. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it was great. And I wouldn't, like, take it back or anything. Yeah. And it, it is kind of nice because, you know, when you are like that, like, your guard is down. Like, you might do things that, as a sober minded person, you're like, ugh, I would never do that. But in reality, it's like you just don't want to be maybe like, judged for it or something. Yes. There.
0: It's so much more permission to just
1: do yeah. it. To just be yourself and not have to worry about, like, if they're going to be, like, oh, you know. Yeah. So, eventually, it had ended up as I was trying to remember the positioning So, okay. So, boyfriend's best friend laying on the ground. And I was sitting, not on his face, but I was sitting off to the side. So, my knees were not around him. They were to the side of him. Okay. And then I was facing.
0: Toward his dick. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's trying. laying face up,
1: right? So, like, belly yeah. up? Okay. And I think his girlfriend was facing me. So we were each facing, yeah, his dick. And I don't remember ever, like, actually engaging in anything like that. But I just remember, like, being there. Yeah. And I think my boyfriend was behind her or something like that. And all of a sudden, his best friend starts, like, sitting up and, like, being all, like, all of a sudden complete change of mood and he runs out of the room and I we didn't even realize he had left like his girlfriend and I were like making out and like on top of each other like naked at this point and had gotten back up onto the bed and I remember her being on top of me and she like I said like I'm very submissive and she is not like Mm -hmm. she's very dominant which we later learned he was submissive and she was dominant so it was like perfect whoa like her and I had come together perfectly yeah and it was fun because I got to be me and she got to be her yeah and so yeah so she was on top of me and like really taking control and I was like having time in my life and my boyfriend was standing next to us kind of like just like like enjoying the view type of deal not really engaging too much except for when we like were ready for him to Mm -hmm. We didn't even realize he had that the friend had left the room. Oh, no. And this kid was in the other room. What had happened was he had thrown up all the way down the hallway into the bathroom and, like, was, like, dying in the bathroom. Like, just oh, throwing Oh, no. And we didn't realize until later because we were so in the moment and, like, enjoying each other. So, yeah. So, I was on the back. He was there. And then eventually I suggested, I was like, Hey, like, why don't you go fuck her? And like, I made sure that that was okay. I asked her first yeah. and she was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, And so he did, which I appreciate now. He had the head space to put a condom on Great. and then would pull it off and then go inside of me Great. and like kind of do that, you know, yeah. because even though you might have that conversation, it was the first time I'd met her. So I just, it never hurts, you know,
0: it's, Always best to err on the side of safety, especially because even if someone is on contraception, you know, even if someone's taking yeah. birth control,
1: just better safe yep. than sorry. Exactly. Yeah, it's much better. It's not, you know, it's totally worth it more if, you know, there's no consequences. Yeah. In the yeah. Even if you're clear um, STI
0: wise, like just just not exactly. worrying about that is great. And you can get yeast infections and stuff just because your bacteria yeah. levels are different.
1: So that's yeah. always a smart, smart, smart move. Exactly. So, yeah. So what had originally started as a foursome and we were all engaging with each other yeah had moved to the bed her and I and then so it turned into a threesome and I didn't even realize and my husband or I guess my boyfriend at the time had to literally clean up this kid's vomit out of his parents carpet and like help him and he of course was like not mad like nobody was like mad at the situation it was just unfortunate oh yeah so yeah I experienced a lot in that situation just as far as like making out with a girl and, like, you know, sharing a dick and, like, fingering her and stuff like that. Mm. But I wish that I could have it again and not deal with throw-up down the hallway. Totally. I Yeah, and the I whole house was, you. like, the whole house was just, like, messed up and it just smelled like weed. And his parents are insanely conservative. Oh, no so the whole rest of like i think that we had like the weekend left or something i don't even know if we had the weekend i think maybe we maybe had like a day to clean everything up and deal with that so that's the story of the foursome turned threesome and we always like think it's like looking back it's a funny story and him and i always talk about it and stuff like that and i'm like well technically i've been in a foursome but maybe not really but like it's kind of a, a an odd line to
0: Well, it certainly falls squarely under the umbrella of group sex. I think that's the easy way to say it. When do you feel, oh gosh, there's so many directions I want to go. Okay, so you just told us so (laughs) many things you like about sex. I'd love to hear more details about how you discovered your submissive self and what that progression was like for you.
1: So discovering my submissive self actually has a lot to do with my own personal like how I grew up like I said I'm the oldest of all my siblings and when my youngest siblings were born I was still pretty young so I had to grow up very quickly mm-hmm. and so I think personally I think that's what played into a lot of it is because I've had to be the leader the decision maker and I've really had to take on a lot just with my own personal life And so I think that over time I realized like it's kind of nice to like not make the decisions and like have somebody tell me what to do. And I guess normally you wouldn't think that that like has a lot to do with it. But psychologically, I think that's purely why I ended up being submissive is Mm -hmm. just my background. And and I think the other part of it is I love seeing my husband in a dominant role. Like it's like, it's like my biggest turn on is to see him like just do his his dom thing and i'm just i just love it well it
0: also sounds like you're being domed by someone you obviously trust and love deeply yeah totally so did you start learning the details in that class you took together is that when you started like actually exploring
1: yeah yeah we learned a lot about what bdsm is and what that can look like and yeah we learned a lot of the different details which we ended up crying in our real life, which was hard at the time because obviously we're like still in school and right. we're living at home. So a lot of the adventures either happened in short time periods where nobody was home mm. or in the car.
0: So, oh, wow. Can like, you give us
1: kind of like a brief overview of some of the things that you tried that were short or in the car? Yeah. Well, actually the first time that we ever attempted anal was in the car and it was very successful. <gasps> It How? was very successful. It was genuinely, I think, probably the best animal I ever had it was my first time. Oh, my God. And it was, like, in the car, like, literally in the school parking lot at, like, 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it was, I think it was, I hadn't really, like, worked myself up about it. Like, it was kind of more spur of the moment. Um, And I my body wasn't stressed. Like, mm-hmm. I was relaxed. I wasn't, like, anxious and worried about, like, what would happen. Yeah. And, yeah, it was very successful, especially for first-time anal and car anal. Yeah, that's all um, I was going to
0: say. How were you not anxious in a car? Yeah,
1: I don't know. <gasps> I honestly look back at, like, the stuff that we did in the car, and I'm, like, amazed at myself because I'm, like, I don't know how you did that but good job, I guess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> did you guys like bring along lube or were you just using your own natural i think it was just
1: yeah like natural like whatever i had had personally and then like spit wow
0: um can you tell us the details of what you like about anal before we get to your other kinky things
1: see it's not something we do like every single time it's something that's kind of like a treat like if we have a lot of time or if one of us is really in the mood for it so i think like the scarcity of it As well as a lot of my pleasures come from seeing him in pleasure. Mm -hmm. So, like, if my husband is like, like, I really want to, like, do this thing. And I'm like, okay, like, I'll do that. And a lot of it is just, I guess the best way to put it is, like, pleasing him. Like, I get pleasure out of pleasing him and, like, making him happy. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like yeah where it comes from and I also feel I mean I don't know like I feel a sense of accomplishment if we have a good like anal session because I'm like yeah yeah. I think we did that like that was great that's awesome
0: do you okay how do I ask this question I've been thinking a lot lately about the first like 20 to 30 seconds for me that's still the like uncomfortable period where I'm like there's a cock in my ass (laughs) you know whether it's a dildo or a live cock uh, like it's Can you speak a little bit about your physical and emotional process of anal sex?
1: I feel like it's almost meditation. (laughs) Like, I feel like I have to get in a headspace where I am at my calmest. I am complete zen and, like, just, like, dialed in. And, yeah, I totally get that about that period of time where you're like, okay, okay, adjusting, adjusting. Yeah, you just, like, go
0: deep inside and you're like, the fire
1: will pass. That's, like, what I do. Yes, exactly. and yeah it's definitely like a meditation just complete calm and and trust I think that that's a big thing is like knowing like and we're constantly checking in constantly Mm -hmm. like are you good are you good like does like what about this how about this and feeling just comfortable and safe too like not feeling like something's gonna happen maybe that you're not comfy with
0: yeah do you ever play with your butthole on your own has it worked its way into your masturbation habits Not
1: quite yet. Okay. I don't do a whole lot of like when I'm masturbating or when I'm just exploring myself, it's mostly just surface level. Like I don't do a whole lot of like fingers inside anywhere really. Okay. Yeah. It's mostly surface level.
0: When do you feel like you feel the most desired or appreciated as a sexual being?
1: Something that we have kind of gotten into the habit of doing. Is he makes me come first, or we finish the exact, like, we finish the equal amount of times per day. Mm. And so it's like, well, I already got one today. So now it's your turn. And like making the time to consciously make the effort to make sure that like I'm being taken care of as well. Yeah. I think that that's a hard time, like, a hard thing that women have to deal with a lot of the times is like, once he comes, like, oh, it's done. Like, it's over with. Like, goodbye. And that's really not how it is. And like, yeah, creating that space where he's like, okay, like I get to make you finish now, right? And I'm like, okay, like, and actually seeing him eager to do that makes me feel like I'm appreciated, you know? Yeah. Awesome. I'm also, this is not really even like sexual, but my body, like I feel most appreciated also. I'm super into massages. Yeah. But like, no, not that's even part always of it. Yeah. Yeah. And not even always sexually, just like as a human, I'm like always back rubs and everything. And like most nights I cannot go to sleep unless he's actually like touching me and like massaging me. That's amazing. And so that has worked its way, yeah, into our relationship as well. And Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) I want touches. I know. it's Yeah. I think that just the physical skin on skin touching is big for me and makes me feel like yeah like most loved and even if it's like yeah just non-sexual and he knows me by now like he knows like at the end of the day like foot rubs back rubs leg rubs like anything I'm super into massage like I cannot imagine my life without daily like rubs (laughs) amazing
0: okay what are just some of your biggest turn-ons and
1: turn-offs um okay so biggest turn-ons I would say Is like masculinity, but not toxic and gross is what I wrote. (laughs) Like, I like to see like a big, strong man. And like that visually is exciting to me. Also, someone else taking charge. Yeah. So like being taken care of in a sense. And then a biggest turn off.
0: Well, toxic masculinity is one of them. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say like anything (laughs) like that. But tell us, tell us in detail, like what your details of toxic masculinity, no thank yous would be.
1: No thank yous would be like, if you're super full of yourself, like I'm not super into that. Okay. You know what? This is a good one. Okay. So let's do a little backstory here. So back when we were in an open relationship and I say open because it was like so short lived, I had seen someone who it was okay. It was like first uh, one night stand. Right. So like that type of setting. And he was masculine in the sense of, like, you know, knew where he stood and visually Mm -hmm. was very, like, built in all of that. But he just kind of was a dick. Like, his attitude. And it was, like, I owed it to him, like, since I had engaged with, since I had, like, had him over and stuff. And it's, like, kind of touchy. It had started as just like, I was exploring myself and I was like, I just want to see, you know, whatever people I can meet and people I can like, you know, have sex with and stuff like that. And so when I, when he had come over, we both knew like that we were going to have sex. But as I got to know him, he was just a lot meaner and like acted like I owed it to him and didn't waste any time getting down to business. And I was, it kind of bordered that line of, yeah, like I, okay, I'm not super into this anymore. Um, so he became very that sense of like toxic masculinity, where he was like, "You owe this kind of thing." It's gross. And he was just so much meaner than like you know that's turn off for me. I don't owe you anything, and you literally like have no right to think that you know people owe you anything like that. So
2: yeah,
1: yeah, turn offs. Like just don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, like
0: just don't. <laughs> Will you tell us a little more about that open relationship time?
1: Yeah. So basically, when my husband and I started dating, we had never been with anybody else. Mm-hmm. I had literally never kissed anybody else Whoa. when we first started dating. He was my first kiss. Wow. And so through the years, we had had that like foursome threesome and stuff like that. And we had gotten into the workforce and started busying ourselves. And I wasn't working full time. So I was kind of like bored and like not getting the attention I wanted, mm-hmm. which kind of I also want to touch on that because I feel like that can be looked at from two ways. I feel like it's generally looked at as women are typically shamed for wanting attention, right? Like wanting attention is a bad thing. As a human, you have to have a certain level of attention Mm -hmm. just because you're you're a human being, you know? And so when I'm sitting at home while he was working like two full-time jobs and I literally had nothing to do all day, like I just was with myself and. So I kind of started filling that with, you know, like making new friends and stuff. And like I said, we had never really experienced other people. So I began to think like, oh, like, I'm curious how this would go. And I had gained, I was working a job. One of the people that I was working with who was like 10 years older than me, and mind you, I was like 18 at the Mm -hmm, time, mm -hmm. had taken interest in me. And so him and I became like good friends, but also I started seeing him like on the side and. I actually can't remember. I don't think we ever actually had sex. Okay. Um, I think it was just mostly like hanging out and making out and like topless yeah. activities. Nice. <laughs> so that was fun.
0: Was that your first not your current partner experience?
1: I believe it was. How was that for you? It was interesting. Okay. Like I it was hard because I was working on like finding myself and experiencing things as an individual and also walking the line of I'm still in a relationship I you know like gotta watch the boundaries and I would oftentimes like go and go to go and see him and have a great time and we would watch movies and hang out and like I said like not have sex or anything like maybe like make out and like cuddle and whatever but I would come home after that and I would just feel this like guilt because I was like I almost felt like I wasn't allowed to have a good time yeah And I would get home and I would literally just, like, go shower and bathe and, like, wash myself and, like, put my clothes away and just be like, it never happened. Okay. And it was really tough because, you know, you get into a relationship really young and it's like, you kind of, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. You kind of lose that crucial time when you're a teenager to be who you are Mm. since I was committed. Yeah. So I felt like I was kind of like making up for that time, which is fine. But I just felt that, yeah, guilt of like, I got to go home because my, you know, person's going to be home and I can't be here when he gets home because then he's going to get home to an empty house type yeah. of thing. So, yeah, it was interesting. And But however, I would not go back and take it back because I think that it was good for my personal development to really mm-hmm. realize, you know, who I was and what I wanted and, and just do those things because like why
0: not yeah so as I'm listening to you I heard you say the phrase lost time and I also think like I've had that same thought but in reverse like I never had a relationship in high school so I was like oh I yeah. I missed out on the experience of not having it yeah and so I wonder if there's a way for us to like live our lives and have these experiences <laughs> and and just not feel like we're missing out on stuff all the time I guess we just kind of live in FOMO either way
1: Yeah, honestly, I think so. Like, I've seen so many people who, you know, they live their life a certain way, and they feel like they've lost the opposite. Yeah. So, like, for example, my mom feels like she lost her young years because she had me young, which I personally, like, side note, I don't think she had me young. I think she was, like, 24 or something like that. Okay. But then she just kept having kids. Yeah, And so I think maybe she feels like that in her head. Yeah. My mom kind of feels like she's making up for these years that are lost. And now she's like a teenager and I have to watch her. Oh God. And so I totally get how some people, yeah, live their life one way. And it's like, well, I didn't get to do this. And I feel like that happens regardless. Yes. Like, I totally agree. I think that that happens no matter what you're doing, whether you're committed or not committed or partying or not partying and it, it definitely goes with the grass is always greener, like literally the truest.
0: But yeah. it sounds like you and your now husband were very conscious of that in a way. Was mm-hmm. it? It sounds like it was a really conscious choice for you to have that open relationship. Can you speak a little yeah. bit about how you arrived there together?
1: Totally. So I think that some, so I think one of the biggest reasons I wanted to be on your podcast is because I, I love talking about communication. Like, all my friends, all the time, like, I always tell everybody, like, if there's anything that you learn in life, it's communication. Like, communication will make or break every single thing in your life.
0: It seems like you're so good at
1: communicating, especially about <laughs> sex.
0: And I'm wondering if that's I, a natural gift or how you did, like, how did you learn that communication was so important?
1: Honestly, just practice. And okay, also, I'll keep working I, at it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm a big observer, Mm -hmm. so I'm always watching people and like the people in my life and stuff like that and just learning from other people, you know, instances where they could or couldn't have communicated better Mm -hmm. and how that ended up playing out, as well as just like my childhood growing up and like learning communication and being the oldest sibling and realizing Mm -hmm. like how things need to be done. Communication, yeah, like I said, make or break everything in life. And so him and I have always been so straight up honest with each other whether it was sex or feelings or situation anything like that and that is why like we are where we are and we were able to take that open relationship and try it because I was able to come to him and say hey like I want more attention like I'm going to be straight up honest with you and it's real it's so important like like I said that's why I wanted to be on here because I just think it's so important for everybody to just communicate well, because if I wouldn't have communicated that to him, that I needed that space to grow as an individual, who knows, like it could have ended, it could have ended a long time ago. And the second job that he had taken on was kind of like a dream job for him. And he actually ended up leaving the job because it like broke us, like, and if we wouldn't have communicated like this job is tearing us apart, it, it we, we could have very well ended then and there because I just am like such a big advocate for communication and like
0: can you give us an example of oh this might be too hard of a question but if anything comes to mind could you give us an example of what a successful communication feels like it sounds like you two have so much ease and I feel like I could benefit from hearing what it's like to bring up a sex thing with him
1: Yeah so typically I would say the biggest thing that has been beneficial is creating a space where everybody feels like they're not going to be judged. Like make it safe, make it like open. Okay. So I'll give you like a specific example. This was recent. The other night we were having sex and I had viewed the sex as like loving and like husband wifey. And like, we definitely have different like types of sex. Like sometimes it's like more like i guess you could use the term like making love yeah and it's very like husband wifey and lovey and like sweet and cute and then it like ranges all the way up to like just like straight aggression and like just just like no emotion yeah and what i had thought it was like lovey husband wifey kind of like whatever and at the very end of sex he because we like to do like stranger play Mm -hmm. and like he loves like like being able to just like Use me and not worry about emotions and stuff like that, which we love. We love doing stuff like that. So, at the end of this sex that we were having, he said something along the lines of like, um, something that you would say during stranger play. Like, he was like, I respect you and everything, but you're just like, you're just a slut to me. And just something along the lines of like, you're a stranger I met on the internet. Like, Mm -hmm. let me just fuck you. Mm -hmm. And which is fine. Like, that's great and dandy if that was the mindset that I was in, but Mm -hmm. I was not in that mindset. And so I just continued and like we finished and everything like that. And I took the time. So I think this is what's like the best way to like deal with something like that is I took the time to realize what I didn't like and how it could have been different and the proper wording. So I think I took about like 24 hours Mm. to think about it. And then I brought it up like, hey, like, remember last night when we were like having sex and you said the stranger thing and he was like, you didn't like that, did you? And I was like, no, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just I thought I was under the impression that we were having sweet sex and you were under the impression that we were having stranger sex. And so just taking the time to think about it and I brought it to him. And he was completely understanding, like I totally get it. Like I kind of sensed it in the moment that it was the wrong thing after I said it. And like, I'm sorry, like I kind of like misjudged the situation. So that's like a specific experience where you're able to kind
0: of reflect what I just heard in this dynamic. (laughs) I heard you experiencing something and not immediately reacting. I heard you taking the time to check in with yourself to figure out what the feeling actually was, what your need actually was, and then how you wanted to talk to him about it. And it sounds like when you talked to him about it, you did not blame him. You took ownership and also told him, you know, it sounds like you made it clear that he was not bad and wrong, but that like this was a feeling that had come up for you. And then he was open and already was kind of on the same page because it sounds like you're very connected. Yeah. And totally. just said okay like like some version of thank you for telling me with his words mm-hmm. and behavior.
1: Yeah, totally. Beautiful. And and an important part of that is thinking to yourself, okay, how should I say this? Because I totally could have come to him and been like, "Why did you do that? Like that was yeah. not appropriate." Which and is like blaming and shaming. Exactly. And just you got to just take the time to just think about like, okay what's the best way I can go about this? And I think that a big part of it is like communication is understanding each other, too. And, you know, viewing things from everybody's point of view. And we also for us specifically, we just know each other and we can read each other without even like looking at each other. That's amazing. I can't believe you met when you were
0: 15. (laughs) That's amazing. I know.
1: I know. It's crazy. Yeah, we're. It's weird, and sometimes I'm like, "Am I actually good at communicating, or am I just lucky that I found someone who gets it?" <laughs> Maybe both. I would
0: love to yeah. hear more details of your kink dynamics, or your sex in general. Cuddle fucks too, mm-hmm. like, like all of the yeah. play that you enjoy with him. I would just love to hear more details.
1: Yeah, so I would say probably approximately, I don't know, seventy percent of our sex is is a little bit. Mi- Bit more intricate in the sense of we're either playing care, I say characters, but I mean like playing our sub or dominant mm-hmm, sides, mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes like actual characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, How do you decide? Um, what do you call him when you're being submissive? <laughs> okay, I wish that like I kind of am super into the idea of actually creating characters for our dominant or submissive side because yeah. I think that's so cool and I would love um, to like give her a name. <gasps> Um, But most of the time, it's like, yes, sir, or yes, daddy, Mm -hmm. or something like more general like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, most of our sex is like pretty intricate or like toys or anything like that, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of just a lot of just dominance, like submissive, and I kind of just like do whatever he tells me. So a good example is like, I'm not super into blowjobs. I don't really personally, I don't find a lot of enjoyment like just giving a blow job or anything like that. However, if he tells me to, I will happily do it. Like yeah. I will like just like it's great. So anything like that or just like even little things like just commands as to like okay get on your stomach or get on your knees or little things like that. Mm. Those are like big things for me because I'm like, okay, like yeah. I'll happily do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of that. Something we've gotten into more recently. I don't even know technically the term for it but what I'll do is like hide under the covers so that only my ass is showing
2: Ooh. and so
1: that it's kind of like an inanimate object type of thing like yeah. I'm not really sure what that's called more of like fuck toy yeah that's hot um, so we've gotten really into that and like I love it because I feel like of use yes and I just like it in the sense that he's able to he, Essentially, it's like he's using me to get off, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So
0: it sounds yeah. like a lot we of like news. control and instruction, and not so much like any pain I'm hearing.
1: Not a whole lot. Right. There's definitely times where, like, like I said, I'm pretty bratty, so mm-hmm. I'll really make him work sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he's told me sometimes you just piss me off so much, and I just like, I just want to like bend you over and like just hit you, just, like. To the point where he's just like, I don't even know what to do because I'm so frustrated. And I'm like, good. I'm doing my job. Though. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I love making him work for stuff like that. Do you, you ever really get fun. beating? Um, does he beat you or no? Um, or, I, mean, yeah. I say that so casually. Okay.
0: <laughs> <beat> you <laughs> I just <not>? hurt myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while. It, it's not like a regular thing. It's usually like if I push him far enough. Okay. But it's not anything to where he just does it, like just to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I would like to know what you need in your person's self. <laughs> it's hard. What you need to feel safe. It sounds like you have a partner who can basically read your mind and knows you very well, but do you basically. have safe
1: words or anything like that? Um, mostly it's anything having to do with like stop. Um, okay. Unless I'm, the only circumstance where I would say stop and not mean it and he would understand that is if I'm looking at him in his eyes and I say it with a specific tone. Like a bratty. Um, Yeah. And okay. I would say that's probably like 1% of the time. Got it. The other 99% stop is like just like Drop everything you're doing and like stop. Also, tone is a big thing. It's really hard because we just get each other so well. So if I say something I could say the same thing, but if I'm saying it in the tone that he's like understands, yeah, he gets like, okay, like time to like slow down or something like that. It also
0: sounds like you have a relationship where if something goes I'm gonna use the word wrong, but just if something isn't perfect for either one of you, that you can talk about it and it's not world ending for you. Exactly. I think that's hugely yeah. for me, that is a piece of safety, like knowing that totally. I have room to explore and mm-hmm. maybe I won't like the exploration or maybe one day it'll be a fuck up or something. And just knowing yep. I can deal
1: with that makes me feel really safe. Yeah. Um. Something also that I'm super big into is aftercare, regardless of the nature of the sex. Oh, mm. I love that you said that. Yeah. Even if it it, it doesn't have to be power play or it doesn't have to be anything aside from like i guess your stereotypical like vanilla sex mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. even if it is it's still so essential to have the aftercare yes. the aftercare just looks different yeah so for example when back when we were talking about the guy who i said was a dick yeah and i didn't want to do it anymore afterward off the record i just cringe when i think about this yeah. is it like just like I just wish I could go back to that girl and like shake her and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I just um, want to
0: hug her and love her.
1: Afterward, we were like cuddling. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like I i just genuinely was like a low point in my life. Yeah. I can relate. I just, ugh. afterward, he, I, he had already been like, a dick and I was just not in the mood for it but I am such I let people walk on me a lot mm. and I especially years ago I would not like stand up for myself as much as I wish I did mm. I wish I would have told him like get the fuck out of my house yeah but instead he's like it's fine like we can cuddle whatever and so I'm like sitting there awkwardly and me feeling like I have to cater to people was like trying to create conversation and and be a decent human and he had tattoos and I asked him like, tell me about your tattoos. And he was like, Ugh, I hate when people ask me that question. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Like I was already vulnerable physically, because I'm pretty sure I was still naked. Yeah. He was still naked. And I was already emotionally like I just wanted to jump off of a cliff emotionally. Oh. And so this is how it kind of ties into the aftercare. Our, our sex. I hate calling it that. <laughs> the what we had done was vanilla like Mm -hmm. straight like nothing special i didn't know who he was like i was it was just you know normal yeah even though it was normal it doesn't mean that you just don't have aftercare so he completely (laughs) failed in the aftercare of like not engaging in proper conversation and and just being straight up rude like i asked you about your tattoos like it's a pretty normal conversation and
0: big failure there or if you wanted to not be a dick you could just say anything like it doesn't matter it's just the yeah. it's just the politeness dance of conversation yeah
1: yeah exactly and that's exactly the dance I was playing by asking yeah. him yeah I had no interest in his tattoos like I could have given a shit honestly Yeah. but me trying to be a decent human like I'll always was trying to be nice and he just couldn't be nice back and yeah you could he could have literally just been like oh like I just thought it looked cool how'd you get him and- to leave <laughs> like just, did he finally just Got out. I think he finally just okay. left. I didn't have the backbone to like tell him to leave. I think he literally just left. I would still struggle with that
0: now. Now I have actually yelled at people to get the fuck out of my house, and one of those was a lover. Yeah. But in my early twenties, no way, no yeah. way. I couldn't yeah.
1: Have. I mean, yeah, I was like seventeen or oh, probably yeah, eighteen. Fuck no, eighteen. There's no way I could have. <laughs> exactly, and on top of that, it's like someone you haven't met. He yeah. was pretty. He was only a little taller than me, but very built. Yeah. So definitely like intimidating. Yeah. Um, which starts as a turn-on and then turns into a turn-off.
0: Yeah, well, it depends Um, on the the context. It's everything. mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah, aftercare is, like, so important. No matter the type of sex, you just check in with each other. Be polite. You know, you don't have to, like, tell each other your life story or anything like that Mm -hmm. with a partner that maybe you just met. But
0: be considerate. Don't use them for therapy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For us, it's just our aftercare just looks like just, like, be with each other. You know be present yeah discuss we're always discussing like what was good what was yeah bad, what'd you like, what would you, did you like I would love to hear more Everything. about that
0: that was literally my next question because yeah. it sounds like that is part of your aftercare along with cuddling is it is mm-hmm. it like the day of usually like is it like we just finished fucking and now we review it like how do you do that
1: yeah Usually it's usually it's immediately after Wow we let each other know like I really liked when you did this or I didn't like when you did this or I wish that you did this or did you like when I did this or whatever. It's kind of like a review. Like you're kind of reviewing your experience and everything like that. And physically just making sure that like any affected areas are taken care of. Like if my ass is really sore, yeah. like just he'll make sure that like okay, like are you okay? Like make sure that I'm not like bruised or bleeding or whatever and just a lot of just being with each other and like being in the moment and then yeah if anything pops up like days later or whatever it's also important like even if you feel like oh it's been like two days like I don't really know if it's important it is important because it's gonna happen again yes so you got to just talk about it and communication Yeah. i wish i could just scream it from the <laughs> oh my god i wish i could
0: scream but then like also inject people with like the know-how like the tools because what yeah. i'm the more i talk to people the more i'm like oh there's a big just the way that people are are brought up to understand things like just mm-hmm. affects our communication so much yeah do you have any other like great things terrible things stuff we haven't covered that feels important for us
1: to know about your sex life
0: um oh
1: something random The first time I ever actually finished with a partner was camping and I was in a tent, which looking back, you'd think wouldn't be ideal circumstances. However, the stars (laughs) align and yeah. And I, of course, like at that time, it was years ago and I hadn't trained myself to finish on my back quite yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he was laying on his back and I was on top of him on my sleeping bags were you in it like how were i don't you? think we were okay, i okay. think it was just on top. like an air mattress and like a comforter and stuff like okay. that
0: i've never had sex on an air mattress is it
1: do you have to worry about That's popping awful. it yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> we've gone camping a lot and just spent time on a fair share of air mattresses and it's, it's just not fun like you know how air mattresses they like stretch over time yes yes and so especially if you're like on a new one it will stretch so by the morning you're on the ground. Oh, shit. And it's kind of like the same thing yeah. with sex. Like, if you're actively using this yeah. air mattress, it's like, eh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've also, I also wrote down here, beach. We've had, like, a decent amount of beach sex. We're super, like, living in the Pacific Northwest. There's beaches here. Oh, yeah. And we're huge beach people.
0: You wrote me initially, I believe, about getting spanked under the bleachers
1: that is a, okay I completely forgot about that yeah we can talk about that yeah well, how did that happen and tell us okay so this was back before we I had ever actually had sex I was just still in high school I was probably like 15 ish everything kind of happened at that age because mm-hmm. um, my husband and I started dating and things really started like Moving along quickly. So, my high school was kind of like on the top of this hill, and all of the fields kind of were on a lower level. And behind the field, way in the back corner, like along a tree line, were like these baseball bleachers. And during that period of time, we would always like go out to the bleachers just to like make out or like whatever. And yeah, and one day I was wearing like just a skirt or whatever. And I don't even know how it, I don't remember how it happened, but yeah, we had gone um, kind of onto the side of the bleachers where you can see underneath them. And there was like this bar, so you can't walk directly, but I had like bent over and yeah. And then he just thanked me for like, I don't know, a few minutes, maybe like five. Where did you get that idea? I have no clue. (laughs) Yes, I have no clue. I don't know where that came from, and I don't remember if it was him or I that had initiated that. But those bleachers became a very in, like integral part to mm. our early like sex adventures. I think that was the first time that was that was where we first kissed, and that was my first ever kiss.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then also the first time that I had actually shown anybody my boob. Mm-hmm and it was like the biggest deal because i'm like i was like so anxious about it of course i remember that um of myself yeah yeah it's horrifying because i don't know about you but like for me it was like what if my nipples are weird like like because obviously i mean i have brown hair so my nipples are brown and i was like oh my god like what if my nipples are too big Mm. or what if they're too brown or like blah 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 and Of course, him seeing boobs for the first time was like, I don't care boobs. Like, such a good point. (laughs) It is what it is. And that was my first hand job. And he finished everywhere, like all over the place, like all over us. And he literally had to go into like the porta potty for the field (laughs) to get paper towels to clean. That's hilarious. Yeah. I forgot how important those bleachers were in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, yeah, like our adventures into like i i don't even i mean i don't really consider it like kinky or bsm like spanking because it's pretty like mundane for me but i guess maybe some people would but yeah it started earlier than i, I guess i had realized That's amazing. also a note is the first time i wouldn't even call it a blowjob but like the first time i actually took him in my mouth mm. to, like shoved my head down because he was like so like into the moment um. and i was like what's going on and he's like sorry i just got really excited and oh I'm like, my god it's okay but like it like horrified me because i yeah. like never had anything in my mouth so that was interesting so, do you remember yeah. what it was
0: like once you put it in your mouth
1: fleshy yeah <laughs> that's like all i can remember is yeah that i remember being more scared for to have someone like eat me out mm, than like mm-hmm, actually same. give somebody oral yeah. Because of the horrifying factors of, like, hair, smell, taste, you know, like, just being a girl.
0: Well, and all the horrible things that boys in high school said about pussies. Exactly. Like, all of the things, yeah. about, like, if you smell wrong or all these things. And, exactly. And you don't know what yep. the right or wrong smell is when you've not all you gotten know to stick yourself. your nose in a vagina. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no, yeah. I don't know, Yeah, yeah.
1: What hopes
0: and dreams do you have for your future sex life?
1: Just continue to grow. I would like to play out, like, the different fantasies that him and I have, you know, with, like, multiple people. I think it would be fun. But just, like, continuous growth. I don't want to meet, you know, like, a plateau where we just, like, don't try anything new or try to understand each other better. And it always just wraps back to communication. Like, as long as we're just continuing that, I think it will just keep progressing. Yeah. Yeah. What is the
0: hardest thing about navigating your sex life?
1: For me, the hardest thing is, as we kind of talked about before, the boundaries of being committed. And I had a hard time with that, you know, because like I felt like I owed it to myself to explore, but then I would come home and feel guilty. Mm. So I think being committed so young and like dealing with the emotional, like, things you know, you always trip yourself up like things you never get to experience yes. and stuff like that. I think that that personally for me is the biggest thing is I'm also just as a person, I feel like I have to do everything and experience everything. and like I am just I have to do it all. okay, but does and it so feel like a pressure
0: was, or is it a desire?
1: Desire, okay, yeah, yeah, I just I want to do everything. yeah, that's very important to me is like I don't want to feel like i owe it to myself Mm to you know Mm -hmm. do those
0: things i always feel like yeah if i don't do the things i want to do for myself it's definitely going to affect how i behave in the world and all of my relationships because if i'm squished and crinkly i'm going to be grumpy at people
1: you know absolutely yeah and you always owe it to yourself to progress yourself before you start progressing other people what feels
0: easiest about your sex life
1: the fact that I have a partner who understands me as well as he does, it makes things so easy because we understand what each other want. We understand what each other like, and we can, like, read each other's minds. Um, <sighs> yeah, I'm very, very fortunate for that. Yeah. But I think, you know, a lot of that, like, yes, we got lucky with each other, but we also worked, like, really hard to get here. And, like, yes, it's it's been a lot. And, like, even up until now, we've spent. Almost 24 seven 365 for six years, like almost. And
0: so, pandemic is fine for you. You're like, this is we're yeah, used to it, okay. not new.
1: Wow. yeah, Yeah, we have been together, and people are always like, I don't get that. Like, I don't understand how you could, you know, be with the same person every day. And I'm like, me either. And I don't know how it works. Like, I just do it. Wow. We really understand each other because when you're with someone all the time, like you know them, even down to like their mannerisms and how they talk and everything, and I think that that's become a big part of it. It's just spending so much damn time together. Wow. Yeah.
0: Is there anything else that we need to know about your sexual self?
1: Okay, so we were talking about, like, high school bleachers and, like, first blowjob and stuff like that. And the first time that I got eaten out, I wouldn't even call it that. I was actually standing with my pants, like, barely below because I didn't want to expose myself, like, yeah. legs open or anything like that. So I was like, okay, you can do it. However, I'm going to stay with my legs, like, yeah. first- <laughs> yeah. and my pants are going to be just barely below, like, where they need to be. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time. And I actually, like, I really enjoyed it. I think I was just so horrified. Like, you were saying, there's so much that you hear that's negative about, like, a woman's parts and, like, yes. that it smells and, like, all this stuff. And so I was so horrified about that. But the funny story I wanted to tell you was that once I did get comfortable with it, our school had a band hall. So it was, like, these doors that was, like, went to this wing that was, like, specifically for a band. And a lot of our—so the first blowjob and the first—I don't know what you call, like, eating out that I had encountered was in the band hall. And the band hall had um, this—the straight hallway, but it had a little cutout on the side for a door, Uh like— if that makes sense yeah like yeah and there there was a camera opposite it so it could probably see maybe half of the little cutout the cutout was like the size of a door oh my god could maybe see half of it based on the angle but we would always hide up in that corner and like make out oh oh my and that was where I first that was the first yeah first blowjob and first um he ate me out mouth job um, yeah good job yeah mouth job. <laughs> and so that was in that corner and then down the hall were like the actual classrooms. and in which looking back I'm like I don't know why you thought this was a good idea <laughs> and you totally could have been caught and you weren't like god bless oh my gosh I feel like the more I talk the more stories I think about that I'm like oh my god she would love it. I have stories about being caught by the police that I haven't told oh, you. Oh yeah,
0: yes. You yeah. need to. Okay,
1: this is always. Ha- okay, yes, yes. I know.
0: No, that's good. What? T- tell, so, tell. Yeah, keep telling, and then tell. Yeah.
1: Um, and then at the end, in, in the band band room or whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how this happened. I. It was obviously after hours, and nobody must have been there, but he just like straight up ate me out while I was sitting in a chair with my legs like spread in oh the my middle God. of the classroom. And I'm like, I don't know how, I don't know how the circumstances would have presented themselves (laughs) because that place was always like, you know how band kids are. They stay late and they're like always hanging out and like, you know, whatever. But yeah, like we just chose a chair and I just sat down and I was like, hey, and like he just, so I was sitting on a chair with my like legs up and he would have been kind of like kneeling on the ground, which I'm like in retrospect kind of a bad idea because so many opportunities to get caught yeah but you got away with it that's amazing it's a good story like honestly
0: (laughs) it really feels like the universe is smiling down upon you too and is like continue go on clearly you're (laughs) meant for each other come on
1: yeah okay and then the story is about being caught so we've been we were caught twice and one time was by like the actual like police and then the other time i think it was like the police you know how high schools have like the police security yeah. guys
2: mm-hmm.
1: um which i think technically yes they're police but like depends you know. on which campus you're on um, but yeah there's a lot of campus police. exactly the first time we'd been caught i believe it was actually the first time we ever actually had car sex and i was horrified because i was like there's no way we're gonna pull this off it's like broad daylight like oh this gosh. is not gonna happen but You know, us being teenagers, it's like, you got to do whatever you can to like get it in. Yeah. We had driven around and found like an industrial park that was emptied. Literally just chose a random parking, parking spot in this little industrial park in the back. I think the way that we were doing it was I was driving and he was in the passenger. So I climbed on top of him and I was riding him. And then... The way that the car was positioned, the car was positioned facing away from the entrance. So, imagine I'm riding Uh and I'm facing the back of the car. I see a cop. Oh, shit. Freaking out. And I, like, rolled off. And, like, me not knowing car sex, I was wearing pants. And I wasn't wearing, like, easily accessible clothing. Yeah. I think the cop had to have known because what he did, almost maybe... I don't know. I think you're right. I think God, like, was looking over for <laughs> us because he came around, past our car. So, like, goes around the whole industrial park. And by that time, he's, like, still driving. I'm, like, getting my kicks on. I'm, like, starting the car. I think the car may have already been Oh, my god! But I'm, like, and I start crying. And I'm, like, what are we going to say? Like, what are we going to tell him? I'm, like, thinking something up. And he does his round and then turns on his light. And pulls directly up behind my car. And I'm like hyperventilating. I'm a very anxiety yeah. person just normally. And so I'm like, I'm going to fucking jail. Like, I'm going to jail. Like, I don't know what, like, when in reality, it's like, we could have been parked there for anything, but it's also like kids, like, you yeah. know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> and so, yeah, pulls his lights on, pulls up behind us. And he's like, what's up? And I'm like, and then I give this bullshit story about like, um, I'm just trying to pull up my maps on my phone and like, I don't know where I'm going and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, of course, like license and registration and all that. I did not have my license with me oh, and I shit. was in the driver's seat. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know. Like, it's not here, blah, blah, blah. And and then on top of that, it was technically my dad's car because it was like in his name. I was like 16. Yeah. So like, yeah, it was my dad's car.
2: <sighs>
1: and, and that was it. Like that was it he was like all right we'll like just be careful oh and we God. switched drivers because i didn't have my driver's license and oh my, my God. husband my boyfriend he drove home and he was like just like be careful and i was like crying yeah. and then i felt bad and i was like i told you we
0: shouldn't have done." oh my was, like, gosh was, that like, was your first it? car sex
1: yeah and it, oh and it obviously didn't God. it didn't like It phased us for a long time.
0: I mean, it didn't stop you from having successful anal car sexes at some point. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, Whoa. Yeah. So that was the first time. And I was like, I'm never having sex again. Like, God forbid. Like, I'm not. Like, it's not not happening. So for a while, I, like, couldn't do anything without having, like, a panic attack because I was so freaked out. Whoa. But God bless that. God bless that guy that, like, that the The cop, because like there were so many reasons to you know, like cause a scene or call my parents or something. You know what? I think that that's how my dad found out. I think that I think that that's how my dad found out because I think somehow, some way or another, he found out that that had happened, that the like, okay. the police thing had happened. So maybe that's why,, oh. but I'm not sure, oh my God, so yeah, so then he just drove home um did you say you'd gotten caught again again and it was kind of a different scenario it was like after some high school field trip or something and it was one of those field trips where you like take a big charter bus and oh, you yeah. like go far
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so by the time we'd gotten back it was kind of late and dark and we were like well time to fuck and then <laughs> parked in the school parking lot because it was like act- that's so funny because I was literally just telling my husband yesterday you know, do you remember when you're a teenager and, like, just nighttime makes you horny? Yep. Like, just, just the pure nighttime. <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't know because I was horny all the time as a teenager. Okay, whatever. Okay. Yeah. But it was nighttime, so, of course, like, horny as fuck. And then we pulled into the school parking lot and we were actually in the backseat when he pulled up and pulled up and so we both quickly climbed to the front. And I had managed to get my clothes on. I had just put my shirt on like no bra or anything. Yeah. But he didn't get his shirt on, so he was just wearing pants and socks. And even though it was his car, I climbed I looking back I'm like I didn't give a fuck what happened to my husband. I was like getting in the front and getting dressed. I don't give a fuck if don't get dressed. I will not go down. Like it's not happening to me and so i like frantically get dressed and it's his car but i climb in the driver's seat and i'm pretty sure when he when the i don't know what you you want to call the security officer or whatever camp yeah security when he had gotten up to the driver's window i'm pretty sure that he was still in the back seat like i don't think he managed to get to the front seat yet but um he's like what are you guys doing and i don't even think i think we like I don't even remember trying to bullshit it. Like, I don't think we even tried. Because it's, like, nighttime and you're sitting in the school parking lot. Like, what do you think is happening? (laughs) So, yeah. So, then he goes to the other side. He pulls my partner out of the car because he wasn't dressed. And he's wearing socks. And it's raining outside. So He's, like, running around. Oh, no. In his socks. And pulls him to the car. And and, um, my partner then just kind of, like, sat at the hood of the car. Shirtless just in shorts in the rain yeah and so then the officer had come back around and was like was he making you this is what i appreciated of the situation was was he making you do anything that you didn't want to do like are you safe like is everything okay and i was like oh yeah like it's fine like it was completely you know consensual and everything like that and then he you know we gave our id and blah 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 and he kind of scolded us for like this could stop you from grad because we were seniors mm-hmm. and so he's like this could stop you from graduating like you're so close to graduation like do you really want to mess it up and I'm like I oh, know I'm so sorry like blah, yeah, blah. yeah and yeah eventually they just like let us go and okay. get back in the car and get dressed and leave because the guy I think like I think that we got lucky in both situations because the people just like we're just like get out of here yeah like, just go yeah. away like I don't want to deal with you right now and then we left that was it but of course, it, it was very scary because he was not dressed and he was sitting there. He's like, I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, my socks are all wet now. And yeah. yeah. And at that point, we had already been together for like three years. And so, like, I, I felt I felt very safe in the sense that he was like, is he making you do anything yeah. that you like didn't want to do? And I was like, oh, no, like, we've been together for years. Like, it's OK. So just trying to fuck officer. Honestly, just need some <laughs> space. <laughs> and of course after that i'm like i'm never gonna do this again like i can't believe that we ever did this like this is an awful idea it's so not worth it but then you get horny (laughs) exactly and then like you know like a week later you're like oh kind of interested
0: okay if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice what age would you pick and what would you say
1: i would pick around the age that i was for the open relationship and Kind of like what I said earlier, like, I wish I could just go back and shake her and just be like, what are you doing? Like, it's not worth it Mm -hmm. just for that specific like situation, though, like Mm -hmm. everything else that I experienced during that time was like beneficial. Just that one night, I wish I could just go back and be like, don't do it. I think also like a side note is from that experience. Afterward, I had realized like, wow, I really didn't want to do that, and I got like a lot of like, well, you were the one that had him at your house. So what did you expect? Mm. And so it was really hard to process that too. Like the shame of, I had already felt bad for my, like just mad at myself in general. And so then I had other people like, well, what were you doing? Like you're in a relationship and, you know, it's your own fault for Oof. having that, you know, putting yourself in that situation.
0: I don't think people being shitty is ever your fault.
1: It's it's so hard to come to terms with. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah,
0: especially in the English language, we have "you made me feel." You know mm-hmm. that that we have blame built into this language so much, and it's so hard, especially when it comes to sex, especially when it comes to being a young person and a female-bodied person. Like it's, yeah, we get a lot of we get a lot of blame, and
1: mm-hmm. I hope, yeah. yeah. Just as just in the nature of being female, yeah, is a lot of blame built into it. Yeah. I also want to like because we were talking about consent, and something that I also wanted to mention is continuous consent. Yes. Because consent can be withdrawn, even though you may have initially
0: been like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Yes. And I would say consent should be active, ongoing, collaborative. The the ladies who wrote The Ethical Slut, which is like a polyamory book, they have a great definition of it. I'm trying to remember. And it has to do with. Oh, God, I read it in a previous episode, but it's like for the benefit of all parties involved. So it's for the active exactly. well-being for everyone involved. Exactly. And you can't. Keep active well-being going if you're not constantly checking in. And so I checking, don't think it should yeah. be the burden of the party that might be experiencing a freeze or a shutdown to be like, "Wait, I withdraw." You know, we also don't <laughs> have that built easily into our communication. But I think that, you know, if you have two people, both parties are responsible for just like checking in. And yeah, if your partner's quiet, stop and be like, "Hey, what's up?"
1: Exactly. Yeah. I recently had someone I know contact me crying. Balling her eyes out because in the moment, like, she had seen someone that she had just met. It was, like, a one-night stand yeah. type of situation. And she had withdrawn consent and said, like, no, like, you got to stop because he had pulled the condom off and just kept going. What the fuck? And, yeah, and she was, like, no, no, like, you got to, like, like stop. Like, this is not, like, this is, like, no, stop. And um, she had... She couldn't have babies and he had known that. And it was because she had um like a hysterectomy or something like that. And he was like, Well, you can't get pregnant, so why does it matter? And she's like, That's not the only fucking reason that you like wear protection. Like you don't understand. And he's like, Oh, well, I'm clean, so you don't have to worry about that. And she's like, Wow, you really don't get it, do you? And he's like, What? Like, what's the big deal? So it became like a whole Ugh. thing. And, and that's why and this happened recently. So that's why it's kind of hit me recently, like continuous consent. Yes. and just because, you know, I say yes doesn't mean like all all goes. like, you know, just let whatever happen happen. Yeah, something specific like that where, you know, you're you're knowingly making the decision without the person. and especially in this situation, she was turned away like on yeah. her stuff or something. And that's not how that's that's not how it works. and then and then, of course, afterwards comes the. Shame of like she got ready to leave and she was like, fuck you, like I'm leaving. And he's like, well, where are you going? Like, like, what, like, you're not going to hang out. And she's like, no, fuck no, I'm not going to hang out. Like, you seriously do not understand, like, what is going on. And it's such a tough thing, too, because then she's like calling me, like, I don't know what to do. Like, like, I just feel so, like, violated. And like, I don't know if this is what, something I'm supposed to report. And that's a scary thing, too, is mm. like, are you supposed to report something to the police about, like, something like that? Like, is it really worth all the trouble? And then you run into this psychological, like, I'm not worth it. And it's just yeah. Yeah. a whole thing. And I think people don't understand, like, the long-term consequences of, like, oh, I just didn't want to wear a condom. Like, yeah, doesn't matter. Like, it's not just all about you. Like, yes. and some people, I guess, just really don't have those conversations, so they don't understand A lot of people don't. Unfortunately, a
0: lot of people don't. But that's what I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that the more that we talk about it, the more we can shift. Like, I have a dream about creating some sort of like, you know, how I don't know if you've ever worked in the service industry or, you know, they have like food handler certificates. Like, I wish that on dating apps, it would be like, I took the blah, blah, blah consent certification. Like, does that exist? Yeah. If that doesn't exist, we need to create it because that, like, should exist because it literally would make it cool to be the awesome, yeah. People like the people who treat each other awesome, so
1: that's one of my dreams. Practice one a safe life just in general, yeah. That's that's yeah, that wow, that's kind of great. I kind of I love know, that. Or, it's like, one of the millions recently, of things.
0: I'm just like, somebody make like, that,
1: yeah, right? Like, a lot of like job applications nowadays, like, just through me not working and applying for jobs.
0: Okay, do you have a sex question you want to ask me?
1: Okay, I do. If you could collectively, just magically educate the whole world on one one thing, you know, sexually, mm-hmm. what would it be? Like consent or communication or like whatever. Like yes. if you could just magically whisper in everybody's ear, like do this thing. Yes.
0: Okay. This is going to be such a corny answer, but I think it's the all encompassing umbrella, but it has to include a definition. I would say behave lovingly and generously love includes consent it does not mean that you have to be in love with the person it means that you have to i mean it really is that like treat someone not just the way you want to be treated the way you know they want to be treated because you've taken Mm -hmm. the time to know them not deeply but just the right amount of depth for the type of interaction you're gonna have and i really just think that there is a generosity of spirit that i think our entire culture is lacking and the way in which we are so quick to look for the part we disagree with or look for the thing that that person did wrong so that we can be right or not be bad and wrong like if we could just get rid of that shame and blame stuff like that's just what i want for people so i but i but it's a it's like a way of living so i don't know how to teach that you know like i don't know how to get it into a brain and i don't know how to make it so that everyone understands what love and generosity mean in that way but that's yeah i think if we treated one another with more of that then we would really be living much sexier <laughs> lives
1: and it's not about I having no boundaries
0: it's just about
1: yeah clarity and like the communication I think something that a lot of people have trouble with too is like you were saying like no matter the love the level of whether or not you love them love them love them yeah i think some people a lot of times get tripped up because you know they may not think that this person deserves this level of respect or love or cherish or whatever because they don't love them, yeah. and it's tough because I get I think that some people just don't yeah understand the concept of everybody deserves that love and appreciation cost whether or not nothing. you love them yes,
0: it, yes it's free totally. it doesn't take a lot of effort it makes the sexual connection if that's just what we're talking about any connection though. But it makes the sexual connection so much better because Mm -hmm. you create an environment of mutual enthusiasm. And I I really believe that when I'm with a partner that is generous, I am more generous. And then it becomes about like creating this magical experience together. And I think my least favorite part about the casual sex I was having in my 20s was it was so often just like tit for tat, like a list, like not very creative, not because it couldn't be connected because people were so
1: afraid about that L word. And so I just, that is a huge thing. Oh my gosh. Ugh. I know. And that's, that's also why I'm so big on communication is I've seen so many of my girlfriends and just, just people in general who like don't want to communicate because they don't want to either give the wrong impression yes. that they love or like yes. and the person, or they don't want it to seem like the other person loves or likes them. Yep. It's such a taboo thing to talk about your feelings and communicate how you feel and just be honest with people nowadays it's so why i don't understand how honesty is such a taboo like it's it's hard for a lot of people yeah yeah
0: yeah cece thank you so much for joining (laughs) us
1: thanks for having me i'm
0: so glad that we got to talk this was i'm so glad too